Welcome to Discover Bright Life, where we share stories of how to overcome loneliness. On this episode, we'll hear real stories from seven of Bright Life's volunteers. The way we live our lives today, it's so easy to become disconnected. I just want to help make a difference to people and that's because one day I'm probably going to be in that boat myself. We'll find out their route into volunteering and what impact it's had on their own lives as a result. I was quite shocked to find that a lot of the people, their only entertainment was the television. I don't want to be a mum that's kind of just lost when the children fly the nest. I want to have, I want to kind of rediscover me in a way. We'll meet an engineer, a nursery nurse and even a retired customer service manager all of whom say they've been shocked and inspired by the people they've met walking through Bright Life's doors. She said, I am so glad that I came. And I thought, that's fabulous. How powerful is that? We haven't done anything. No medication, no expert counsellor thing. It was just we all sat together and we, we had a bit of company and we had a bit of a laugh. But what does being a volunteer entail? And who are the characters you're likely to meet? Some of the women have got quite a twinkle in their eye, you know, not. <laughs> and they do surprise you sometimes. I looked at my walkers and I had two transgender walkers with Father Christmas. One of the greatest things we can give is our time. Could you be the reason someone smiles today? For more information, visit brightlifecheshire.org.uk. First, let's head to Winsford and meet the drop-in group's regular quiz master. No rules. No rules. <laughs> okay, so your first question. Josh! First round is hobbies and leisure. Now, at my pub last week, the top team scored 79 points on this one. And uh, at my other pub, they scored 81, but they were cheating, so... <laughs> Again. Right, OK, so this is yours. Which Cluedo weapon is nearest to the beginning of the alphabet? Well, um, it must be over two years now. My name's Andrew, yeah. Must be over two years, because when they first advertised in the local paper, that's when I saw the advertisement and I thought, hmm... Interesting, I could do that. Yes, one point. Well, when I come in today, the first thing I do is have a black cup of black tea and two tea cakes. That's my little sin. And then we just have a chat, watch, you know, if there's anything funny happened, you know, tell a few funny stories. They're doing the dancing now, and then we all congregate for the quiz, which I use my pub quizzes. Surprising, there's some uh, brains out there. Yeah, we have fun. I'm the eldest of seven, so I had responsibility for all the other ones after me. I was in the police force, which I joined the police force to help people. I worked for Tesco as a training and development coordinator, and I used to just travel all over and Eastern Europe everywhere, training people. And after that, I worked as a holiday rep for 12 years and that is helping people.
they're all very different. I mean, there's one lady I was talking to, she's got two dogs and they've appeared on TV. You know, all the TV programmes. She said, do you remember that? Oh, what was it called? Not Reckless. Really rough thingy up in Manchester. Shameless. And her dogs appeared on that. And they've been in Coronation Street and all sorts. So she was really interested to talk to. <laughs> and, yeah, and when they've been abroad on holiday and... You know, we swap stories. And there's one guy, Steve, and it took him ages to actually speak to anybody. He'd, he'd just sit there. The minute I walk in now, I go, hiya, Steve, hi! And he's opened up, really opened up. But they're all different. And there's one lady, she gets the Daily Mirror every day and she cuts the Daily Mirror's quizzes out for me, puts them in an envelope and gives me those every week. <laughs> I think what shocks me is that I'm amazed, really, at the number of people who have got family who don't maybe bother with them that much. I was quite shocked to find that a lot of the people, their only entertainment was the television because they didn't have anything outside of that. And don't go anywhere, don't do anything. And I think this is what bright life has really achieved with those people that they know that on a Tuesday they can come here and as a result of that they've met other people who go to other clubs and they've palled up and so they go oh we've got bright life this morning then we go to bingo this afternoon and then we're meeting up on Friday for this so it's a big social thing but I, I, I was quite shocked when people first come and they haven't ever done anything they're just they've had brilliant backgrounds you've got ex-nurses um you know people with really good skills but you go into that decline i think where you don't think there's anything outside and i think we've proved that there is yeah it does it does scare me because this is a small minority of a huge problem and we can't get to everybody and I think it's really sad that older people in this country are not looked after properly for not necessarily their medical needs but their mental needs and I think it is a huge problem. It's made a lot of difference because I've met a lot of people through it and I love the stories and um, I feel like I belong, I belong with them. I mean, I'm older than some of them. I mean, I'm 76 in June, so uh, I am older than them, but um, it's lovely when you walk in, they go, hi, Ange, how have you been? And it's a social, it's a social thing, but you're still helping people. Halfway points, please. Right, the Mojos are on nine, Charlie's Angels on eight, and Weatherspoon Flirts on eleven. My name's Alison. I worked on the industrial estate in Winsford and I decided to take early retirement. 
Alison, like Ange, is one of 25 volunteers with Bright Life. I saw in the Winsford Guardian um, about the volunteer fair and I went along and I finished work three weeks ago and this is my second week volunteering. From Chester to Winsford, she's among the folk giving a few hours of their time to help at Bright Life's many drop-in centres. Well, I actually came uh, about a month ago. My boss let me have half a day off just to come and have a look. It wasn't quite what I expected. It's, it's really good because you got to chat to different people. There's a lady out there called Margaret who suffers and her husband goes off for a walk and she gets quite anxious. So today I've spent quite a lot of time with her and I felt that really rewarding because she really enjoyed the quiz, you know, and she was trying to join in. It was really good fun. And then there was another lady, it was her first time today. I could see how much she was enjoying it and getting to talk to other people. I just want to help make a difference to people and that's because one day I'm probably going to be in that boat myself. <laughs> so I just want, just want to help. In fact, I'm going to come and join in the um, aerobics class next week. I'm going to come early and join in that because I think that's important, to, you know, to keep your health in your mind as well as your body. My name's Julia Broad. I've been volunteering for about 18 months. My name is Chris Mosley and I'm a health ranger for Cheshire West and Chester. So, when you're going back, yeah? Let me know and I'll take you. I guess I started with Bright Life because I met Jackie through our son's cricket team and she brought me along here and um, been coming ever since. Julia and Chris, they're two of the friendly faces you're likely to meet if you come to the Chatterbox Cafe session in Winsford, where there's a cup of tea, a spot of lunch and the chance to go for a walk. This is one of the many groups supervised by Jackie, a social prescriber at Bright Life, whose job is to connect those sitting at home alone with those looking to reconnect to their community. There's quite a few people who come along and you can see their first time attending the group was obviously very difficult and that's where when you understand the background of what somebody like Jackie's possibly worked with them for 12 months and they come along they're very nervous and it's just about being very friendly with them and within a short number of weeks they're joining in um, you know they're having a laugh with people they're getting to know people sometimes forming friendships as well you see two people in particular will come along each week and always sit next to each other that's very lovely to see because you can almost sit back then and you know not interfere and let them you know be friends together I think it's listening to people and their experiences talking to them and what I find as well is whilst you're listening you quite often get to a bit of a crossroads in a conversation and you can it's quite clear that you can go into a, a, a sort of sad direction or a happier direction and in a way you can it sounds a bit manipulative really but it's not um, you can steer people to think in a more positive way just gently or not or just listen as they tell you some of the things that are sad or upsetting and that's quite often all they need I find it's it's as simple as that. Sometimes you can overthink it and think that you should be doing something or doing more or giving them more guidance. And I don't think that's it at all. I think it's just um, listening, really, and giving people company and humour. 
massive in this group absolutely um and it's great and it lifts people's spirits so much when we all have a bit of a laugh with the quiz um and in fact a few weeks ago it's something that stuck in my mind one of the ladies that comes here on a regular basis and she has a lot of um health complaints that i think mainly she's in pain a lot a lot of the time but and she wasn't sure whether she was going to come but she she came and at the end of the quiz, and we were all laughing so much, we were tears rolling down our cheeks from laughter. And she said to me at the end, she said, I am so glad that I came. I nearly didn't come. I've had such a fabulous time. I've forgotten all about this, this and this. And I've been, you know, crying with laughter. It was such a lift. And I thought, that's fabulous. How powerful is that? We haven't done anything. No medication, no expert counsellor thing. It was just we all sat together and we, we had a bit of company and we had a bit of a laugh and very powerful though. isn't a volunteer, but he gets to interact with Bright Life's groups most weeks. It's not just about me, it's about improving uh, those people that are participating in the activities, their health and well-being. And over quite a short period, a few months, you can see people relaxing, enjoying the countryside, becoming more knowledgeable, because obviously with my range of background, I can add in all those bits of information about trees and wildflowers and birds, butterflies... That they, they get quite enthusiastic about uh, and they can start recalling that information as well and they feel quite pleased that they can remember they've seen an orange tip butterfly and they can remember what it was called and, uh, and all the rest of it. So yeah, it's, uh, it's really nice uh, experience to be part of. Bright Life is all about the people and especially some of those cheeky characters. I know because I've been to many of these groups, but what does Chris think of some of the people who come on his walks? Well, I've got a guy who is really enthusiastic uh, about Father Christmas and he dresses up as Father Christmas for children's centres and libraries and the, and the shopping centre and what have you. But he also decided he was going to come on my walks dressed as Father Christmas. Uh, he has a big long grey beard, naturally, not, not stuck on. And he, uh, he looks like Father Christmas most of the year. But when he dresses up, uh, he obviously fits the part perfectly. And I was in the library the other day and I looked at my walkers... And I had two transgender walkers with Father Christmas. And I thought, well, I can't really beat that for a diverse and uh, <laughs> an eclectic mix of walkers. So I thought, well, I could, you know, you just couldn't write it really. Uh, but I had Father Christmas and two transgender walkers waiting to go on a walk with me. Um, so, yeah, I, there's lots of characters out there. And, um, yeah, that's all part of the fun, really. Coming up, we meet Margaret. I was born in 1936. I go to the gym every day. I do stretch class, I do functional fitness, I do Pilates, and I do two or three sessions of aqua aerobics. On Friday, I have a day off and do some housework if I feel like it. More about why she volunteers at a community pub in Chester a little later. 
But first, a reminder that if you're eager to learn more about how you can combat loneliness, then make sure you listen to Discover Bright Life's back catalogue, where you can hear from doctors to social prescribers and some of the people who've come to rely upon Bright Life Cheshire's network. First, let's get back to the stories of more volunteers. Over in Chester, Tuesdays at a church sees another drop-in group and two more volunteers for us to meet. I'm David Bellingham. I live in Chester in Hambridge. My name's Claire Mackay and I'm from Chester and I'm one of the volunteers at the Bright Life drop-in at Hambridge. And so, in a quiet corner of the church's aisles, David began by telling me some of the things he'd observed after volunteering with Bright Life over the last eight months. Ladies in particular, I think, seem to be more adventurous than men. And they, they, they will go out and, and do more. That, that it's trying to get the men in, get, get them interested. And I, I find that, we, that the ladies on the whole are... Um, they're not just prepared to sit at home and not do anything once they've lost a partner or, or a member of the family. Men, I find, um, they need to socialise a lot more and it's getting the right interest for them to encourage them to come back. Today we've got three men, which is good, actually, for, for our group. And, uh, you know, I, I know people in their 90s that come along and get get quite a lot out of it but they do make the effort to come out which I think is important so we in turn have to make the effort to make it a good experience for them. Do you think that men there is a difference between men and women in kind of perhaps a pride an element of pride of saying actually I'm not okay here I do need help? Yes very much so very very much so. Um, I live in a complex it's um, 41 apartments for people independent living over 55 and we have widowed uh, men and ladies have lost their husbands but it's the men that it's the hardest to encourage to come through their door and join in things. Mm. Tell me about David before volunteering. Before volunteering. What kind of things and fascinating um, careers and interests have you had that bring you to your skill set right. today? Um, I was born locally, not too far away in Rosset, brought up um, on a country estate like the Duke of Westminster. My father was an estate manager over in Wales and I studied business studies, but I was training. <laughs> I was involved in the conversion of gas to North Sea gas. But I realised I didn't want to spend the rest of my life training to be a showroom manager, which I was going to be. So um, I saw an advert for a job in Bermuda and I applied for it. I was 23 and I got it. (laughs) I went out there two years experience. It's the oldest British colony in the world. I was working at the oldest hotel on the island and a very fine hotel and I stayed 18 years and that helped me um, tremendously. Um, I went over there not knowing anybody and not knowing anything about hotels but I did my training from the ground up and it was good experience. Decided to come back to Britain. I went to London and worked at a private members club. Uh, we had members of the House of Lords, Houses of Parliament, actors and actresses. Princess Diana's mother was a member and um, it was a very different 
way of working in a hotel anybody can walk in the door in a club they can't and they have to follow rules and but I decided while I was working in London my mother's health wasn't too brilliant that um, I possibly should come back so I went to Thlangollen and opened a bed and breakfast um, and got the first four star in the town and was appointed to the board directors of North Wales Tourism but because I wasn't considered local um, it was quite difficult to make a profit <laughs> so I decided after a few years no um, that enough was enough and I went to work for a Scottish power and that's basically where I started my career working for British Gas in the 1968 to 1972. So I went back to the industry that I'd started in, but very much focusing on customer service and uh, retired at 65. Always wanted to retire to Chester and um, I did um, and I, I really enjoy it. But I do other volunteering as well. So um, I think um, it, it's very important to, you can bring skills from what you're doing into the type of volunteering I'm doing now. And I think it's important for all of us to give something back in life. I was thinking, I've been thinking for a long time about volunteering, but the time wasn't right because I sort of bring up children, teenagers, doing everything that you sort of the taxi service, all that stuff. And then I just started to think, actually, life is starting to calm down a bit. I think I can do this now. So I actually saw um, an advert on a website, doit.org. So that's how I sort of saw the opportunity with Bright Life. And the whole sort of the way they described it just sounded really, really interesting to me. So what has surprised you about doing volunteering with Bright Life? When you hear about some of the stories or the yes, situations yes, that people actually, find themselves yeah, in? Yeah, um, yeah, it has. I mean, I've always wanted to do something like this because I've been aware that people could find themselves in a situation where they don't, they're, they're living on their own, they don't have family living nearby and they are alone a lot of the time and perhaps they don't speak to people every day or they don't see people every day. So I was kind of prepared for that. But yeah, I have been a little bit shocked, you know, like you know, some people might not see family because they live so far away they might not see them they might only see them once a month and then you think well what are they doing the rest of the time and they're actually they are sat on their own which is I can understand how it happens and it's just really yeah I just find it very very sad so if I can have a you know a conversation with somebody even if it's not you know it's only the session lasts two hours but if that can make a difference to somebody's day or somebody's week I think that's lovely. Mm. And so hopefully it helps them, but also I get a lot out of it. So tell me about Claire before you became a volunteer. So you're right. obviously a busy mom, but what kind of skills and things did you kind of put on your application? Right, so that, that was quite interesting because when I, when I did the application, I thought, what, what can I bring to it? So, so, so I'm a mum, I've got teenage children. Uh, my daughter had just gone off to uni. So I was thinking, right, I need to prepare for when my son leaves home um, I don't want to be a mum that's kind of just lost because the, when the children fly the nest I want to have I want, I want to kind of rediscover me in a way um, so so I was preparing myself for that next phase of my life 
Um, I have a business with my husband, which is quite full on. So for me, it was kind of like, well, what would I put on my application form? You know, but actually when you look at it, the sort of skills that I have learned over the last 20 years through raising children, through running a business, actually some of them are quite transferable in terms of listening. That's a really important one. Um, sort of ideas, sort of having a bit of um, organization. Um, I think that's quite, that's quite helpful. Um, just trying to think what else. I mean, listening's a massive one. Communication skills, I think is huge because when somebody um, comes to a group like this, they, they come because they want to engage with other people and they want to be welcomed and they want to have a positive interaction. So that's the big thing that I've, I've really taken from this. The community is a word that comes up a lot, yes. actually. Um, how important do you think it is that more of us should be connected to our community by doing things like volunteering, yeah. helping others? I think um, it's massively important. And I think it is the way we live our lives today. It's so easy to become disconnected from community. Um, you know, we're all running around mad busy constantly. We're all using our phones for every aspect of our lives they never leave our hands and it's really easy to lose sight of actually having sort of connections with people around us and interaction with people and supporting those that are around us who you know could quite easily be forgotten really mm. so I think it's it's something that I think I don't know if I'm wrong in saying it, but I think community probably over the last 20 years possibly has become a little bit less connected, but I think there's a move to becoming more connected and to for people within communities to support each other. I definitely see that there's a need for that. One of the reasons that I came to become involved in this project and making these podcasts with Bright Life is because loneliness is something that I have faced yes. and had to tackle with. Yes. Um, is it something that you have had to... Oh, yes, ab absolutely. And um, you don't... Uh, when I went out to Bermuda at 23, I mean, it's all very exciting and everything, but I really had to work my way up the ladder, both in my career and socially. But um, I find it doesn't matter what age you are. I know young children who are very lonely and feel isolated in school. And I think that there are more pressures now. I do think that loneliness can affect um, anybody at all and I have great respect for people in the clergy who do their work and then at the end of the day they might have dealt with a funeral with something else with somebody terminally ill but they've got nobody to counsel them and I think it, it is important um, that we all try to overcome loneliness. No, I have experienced it definitely. Mm. Yeah, It's hard to kind of describe isn't it really yes. to someone who hasn't and there are so many different dictionary definitions but until you've kind of sat there and, and almost some of the feelings that you have it's hard to kind of sit there and think oh this is what this is yes, yeah. because there is no kind of clear symptom no. list with this. No and there's no tick, tick box either. Mm. Uh, when I moved into living in an apartment um, it was quite a different lifestyle I'd always 
lived uh, before in houses and um, except when I worked in London but um, you do and I remember moving in over a three month period really and there, there might be a group of people as you walked in said oh say hello da, da, da. and I overheard one lady saying once oh he's a good listener isn't he and I thought well that is important because some people there are uh, from 55 to 98 but um, it, it can be the younger people that really do want to talk but the only thing I haven't been able to do unfortunately and where I live is only five minutes away is encourage people to come here to the drop-in um, I don't know what it is, but they don't seem to want to come and you can't take the drop into them, but um, can only try and encourage and, and what have you. But I'm pleased today to see that, that we have got three men there, which is good. Yeah. I'm sure with your charm, you can work it eventually, David. <laughs> I wouldn't say that necessarily. I'm learning all the time and I'm very happy to learn. I'm looking forward to the seminar I'm going to tomorrow as well. Has doing something like this changed your perspective in your personal life as well? You know, perhaps the ways that you connect with older relatives in your family um, or even, I suppose, in a, in a deep way, thinking about well, how will I prepare when mm. I'm in their shoes yeah. further down the line? Yeah, it definitely has. I think for me on a personal level, connecting with people and knowing that I can help people or make a difference to somebody's life actually has actually has had a really positive impact on on me as an individual but also yeah you know understanding um for sort of people around me what you know the challenges what it must be like what how how debilitating loneliness could could be and I, and yeah and I look at myself and at the moment you know I am never alone because obviously I've, I've got my family around me, I've got my children, but yes, this could easily, you know, be something that I could be facing in, you know, in years to come. And I think if being part of something that is supporting other people, I can, I can see actually there is, there will, there will be sort of opportunities out there for me as an individual, you know, in, in years to come. Mm. You said that you've always wanted to do this. Yes. It's always been niggling at the back of your mind. Yes. Where did that kind of interest, that intriguement come from? So as I was growing up, I I had a very close relationship with with my grandparents and I spent a lot of time with with both, both sets of grandparents. And I was always really fascinated to hear about their lives and what life was like sort of when they were younger. We used to spend a lot of time looking at photos. So I think this just, it came from there and I I just really enjoy that interaction and finding out about people. Perhaps I'm nosy, I don't know. <laughs> but it, you know, it really does come from those relationships that I had and, and, and you know, I've lost, I've lost my grandparents now. So, I think you know that gap was there and so that's where it came from has doing something like this changed your relationship with your own parents yeah yeah so i think it's about increasing my understanding of the challenges that that you may face you know as as you get older and you know and loneliness could become an issue so i'm more aware of it and also more aware of what 
opportunities are out there and what support is out there. If that need arises, you know, hopefully I'll be able to support more. Hi, my name's Lynn Smith. I'm a volunteer for Bright Life at the Centurion Pub on a Tuesday afternoon. Here's your cup of tea, Dave. A cup of coffee. Thank you very much. What's your name? Margaret. Margaret. Yes. Okay, thank you. Are you all right? Uh, Yes, your coffee doesn't taste too bad either. Just have a little sip. Do you want some more milk in it? Well, at the moment, a lot of people are still coming in and catching up you know on gossip and what's been happening in the last two weeks they've been doing and sort them out with drinks and everything and obviously the biscuits and that people have been bringing pictures of themselves when they were very young so it's a bit of a laugh as well we've got eight pictures here all black and white so we've got we've written the names down of the people that are on here which one's me which one's you oh god no <laughs> Which one's a gorgeous one? How old were you? I'm not telling you. Well, this time we meet Lynn along with Margaret. They're two of the volunteers here at the community pub in Chester. But how exactly did they come to hear about Bright Life? And why has it become something they look forward to as much as the participants? It was very strange really, I was in the doctor's waiting room with my mum, she had an appointment and there was a video thing on the TV screen and Bright Life kept coming up and I thought I've never heard of Bright Life, what do they do and it says it wanted volunteers so I phoned up and inquired and that's how I got involved, yeah. I'm interested in what, how their lives were, you know, some of these people have such interesting lives you don't realise how much they've done how much travel they've done and everything and it makes you feel a novice really I don't feel as if I've hardly been anywhere by the time I've finished talking to them um, but other than that um, I enjoy making up the quizzes and I think they enjoy it because you know getting your mind grey cells working really <laughs> even for myself <laughs> I test it out at home to see if they know the answers first um, so, I mean some of them are very good characters and uh, some of the women have got quite a twinkle in their eye you know not <laughs> and they do surprise you sometimes <laughs> but um, yes it's very, my part it's very hard to remember their names so luckily they all have stickers on them which helps a lot <laughs> oh, yeah so um, yes made quite a few and obviously the volunteers made a lot of friends with them yes it's been very nice because I'm the last of the volunteers new joining them so I just feel as if I've always been coming to be honest <laughs> but I don't think it's a year <laughs> I'm Lynn Humphreys and I'm the engagement and volunteer manager for Bright Life. I normally want to know why they want to volunteer with us. Um, if they've never done any volunteering before, they, they worry about what they would have to offer. 
Um, they worry about coming into a new situation. Um, they worry about whether they've got the right skill set to volunteer with us. We don't have a one size fits all for the volunteers that, that come to Bright Life. Um, I mean, what we're looking for is someone who can sit and listen to people and chat to people and engage people and talk to people. Um, I think some, some of our volunteers are just sort of, I want to say ordinary people, just people who just want to do something a little bit, uh, giving back a little bit. And, and to start with, I don't think they know exactly what the role's going to be like. But I think what happens is they get involved and then they get chatting to the participants. And when I go in, if I turn up at the, at the drop-in session and I'm sort of scanning the room and I don't always immediately see my volunteers. And for me, that's a good thing because it means they're sort of sitting down and chatting with the participants and just sort of, you know, being, being a group member, really. I can't give you Molly. You're being very, very good, Molly. From the volunteers' point of view, I think most people come and start to volunteer as a sort of giving something back. But my volunteers don't like to miss a session because I think they've got used to coming along to the weekly or the fortnightly session. They enjoy the company of the participants that, that come along to those sessions and they do really feel part of those groups. Um, and obviously what we're hoping is that the volunteers will continue to be part of those groups and we'll be able to carry on and keep these groups going after, after Bright Life's finished. My aim over the next sort of six months or so is to make sure they've had the right training, they've got the right support and they feel confident that they could take on and carry on with the, with, with the groups. I was born in 1936, and I really love me. I go to the gym every day. No, I go every day. Uh, Monday's my big, big day at Total Fitness, and I go on the Monday morning, and I do stretch class, then I do functional fitness, then I have a coffee or a hot chocolate, then I do uh, Pilates, and then Monday night I go to aqua aerobics. Tuesday I go to a stretch class. Wednesday I do Pilates and aqua aerobics. Thursday I do uh, aqua aerobics again. And Friday I have a day off and do some housework <laughs> if I feel like it. I had my husband who had dementia and I looked after him and that was very restricting because um, it was two years solid where I looked after him. He wasn't capable of doing anything really. Um, but after he'd gone, that was when I felt I would like to give a bit more to somebody else uh, and give some of my time to other people uh, that might not be able to do what I've been able to do. So that was really the main reason that I came and volunteered and have enjoyed every minute of it. Hello, my name's Margaret Willey and I love coming to Bright Life and I'm here this afternoon just to generally talk and hopefully make somebody very happy. Uh, I heard about it with a friend's wedding 
lady was there and I hadn't heard about it before but there is a lot more now because I've seen it in different places in the surgery and in the chemist um, but I didn't know anything at all about it but I do think it is a very good thing because people just come and to come as a volunteer is absolutely lovely because I get nearly as much out of it as they do I think well I think it's really to make somebody's afternoon to be able to talk to somebody um, and enjoy being with them um, and to see if they need any help or understanding over different things that they got problems perhaps going on and they just feel like talking and sometimes they can talk in this situation because it's quite a friendly atmosphere the only thing I found is that some are more lonely than we realize and to come and talk and just be with other people obviously helps them a lot I hadn't thought of it as on my, even though I'm on my own. Um, I've got friends, family, lots around, and you suddenly realise that some people haven't got that at all. And although they come, uh, this is the main thing that perhaps they're doing or whatever. So I find that was the biggest thing I noticed when I first came was loneliness. I find that for me coming here just gives me a lot of pleasure and a lot of happiness and I'm sure that this is the ultimate that they get out of it as well. If one of the greatest gifts we can give is our time, then what skills do you have to offer? I am a wife and a mother of two teenagers. I've worked in engineering and IT but always in a sort of commercial sense and uh, I think actually just sort of life experience brings you to a point where if you've got the desire to help in a way then volunteering is, is a great thing to do. I think people maybe are unaware of what is involved and how they could help because it, it doesn't matter if you've what job you've done if you've got any social skills at all you can volunteer. Try it absolutely try it you don't know till you try do you you know if you think oh that i would try and fancy that just go for it and try it to find out more about volunteering with bright life and the legacy that we hope to leave behind for many years to come visit brightlifecheshire.org.uk